0: Big tech exists to serve the establishment and those who are in power. And library does not. (laughs) Library exists to serve the people. You're listening
1: to The Corbett Report. Hello, friends. James Corbett here at CorbettReport.com. In a rare late night interview, at least late night for me here in Japan, it's early morning for my guest on the other side of the date line, and as you will know, I have recently been talking about the metaphor of the digital library of Alexandria, the internet, uh, being on fire, uh, i.e. books burning in the library of Alexandria, because people are setting them on fire, because they want them to go away. Of course, I'm referring to the censorship issue that we see popping up on so many social media platforms, Google slash YouTube being perhaps foremost among them. And so you will cast your mind back just a couple of years ago. I did a wildly unpopular series about social media alternatives, looking at some different platforms that people can be exploring while they're trying to uh, figure out how, how to evade these social media monopolies. One of the platforms that we did not explore in that series was Library, which is available at library.lbry.com, LBRY.tv? Odyssey.com? I'm not sure. Let's find out with the CEO of Library himself, uh, Jeremy Kaufman. Thank you very much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, James. And yeah, if you want to just get started, if you want to just watch some videos and enjoy an alternate experience... Go to odyssey.com, o-d-y-s-e-e.com. Uh, but Library, L-B-R-Y, is the technology uh, behind Odyssey. And uh, Library, it's named Library uh, very much uh, as a reaction. Uh, well, uh, in that spirit of of uh, Library of Alexandria, of wanting to keep information alive and permanent and discoverable. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a child of the of the internet. I kind of grew up there. Uh, the internet taught me an incredible amount of things. Um, and it can teach you a lot of things that you might not find uh, when sources are more sort of uh, controlled and locked down in your schools and, and other places. And I think our modern Internet has become much more in that vein. Uh, it, it exists a lot. The big tech exists to serve the establishment and those who are in power. and. Library does not. <laughs> yeah. Library exists to serve the people. Yeah. And, yeah. and we here's, get into how. here's the
1: thing that I find hopeful about library and about some of the other alternatives that are coming up is that the internet is what we make it. And we do not have to make it into a place where we all congregate at the same three or four websites that are centrally controlled and other people's servers. We can make it completely different than that. Uh, this internet is decentralized and peer-to-peer. Why don't we use it that way? So on that note, let's talk about library. And I'll just, as a little teaser for our conversation, So we will talk about the actual burning of library by the Google Play Store and its subsequent resurrection from the fire like a phoenix. But <laughs> that's coming up later in the conversation. But before we get there, I do want to talk about library itself. First of all, where did the idea come from? Why, why did you want to do this? And then we'll start to get into the tech of how it actually functions.
0: Yeah, well, so as I, as I started to talk about, you know, I've always loved decentralized uh, technology. I've always loved uh, the kinds of things, kinds of uh, you know, weird and interesting, and cool things you can find on, on the Internet. And so unsurprisingly, I'm the kind of person who started getting into Bitcoin when, when Bitcoin came out. And I'm also a nerd. I'm, I have a computer science degree. I've been in tech for a long time. And so Bitcoin is the kind of thing that to a guy like me, you know, goes, makes me go, whoa, what's that? You know, I got to learn about this. And I started learning about it. And to me, um, what, uh, what a blockchain fundamentally is, is it's a database. Uh, there needs to be a monetary element to it to make the database work. But you can use it uh, like a database. Sometimes I say it's the world's worst database, but it is fundamentally uh, a database. And what we uh, realized that we could do uh, with the blockchain is use that to maintain a listing of what's available on a decentralized network. We could also use it to add identity. Uh, you know, to uh, who's publishing this and payments. Um, And so what we're trying to do is basically get the best of sort of the best of the centralized world and the best of the decentralized world, because there are downsides to decentralization. Sometimes finding things can be hard. A lot of times the UIs and the user experiences are worse. Um, And uh, also it's decentralized technology. While great, I, I, I love BitTorrent. It also struggled to achieve legitimacy. Right. And so I'm, I'm a fan of BitTorrent, but I'm not a fan of the fact that it didn't really work for a lot of legitimate creators. Right. Uh, and so so the library was conceived of as trying to solve all those problems. I can actually pinpoint the moment that got me thinking about it, which is uh, this uh, this this conversation between uh, Julian Assange and Eric Schmidt. And Assange being Assange publishes the whole conversation online. Uh, and I was, um, was actually at my grandfather's uh, funeral. And uh, I was there for several days and I was, you know, just wasn't really working, but I was spending time on my cell phone, you know, reading things. And I started reading this conversation and Assange talks about this, you know, what if you used Bitcoin for DNS? And that got me thinking about well, what if we used blockchain to kind of solve some of the problems with Bitcoin?
1: All right. So I don't know how technical to get in this conversation because we have a very generalist audience, um, but some very technical people in the audience as well. But let's let's confront this from the user perspective then. Um,
0: yeah, I, I can make it simple. Okay. Yeah, I can make it simple. Right. Like, like So so one, if you just want to if you just want to watch things, go to odyssey.com. This is our product that we think we can make it to the to the mainstream uh, with this product. O-D-Y-S-E dot com. The, the core idea is is that we have developed a, a publishing technology, a way of sharing digital content that has the same properties as Bitcoin. And we, we don't need to get into how Bitcoin works unless you want to, although I can. The, but it has the same properties, which is local control when you want it, okay, when you want it. You can use Coinbase and have a nice polished experience. But if you have full control and you want to take your identity and be the only one who owns it so that no one else can mess with you, no one else can take it away from you, that's what library can do.
1: So the data itself is stored in the blockchain, or is it just pointing via the blockchain? It's just pointing via the blockchain,
0: right? So the, basically, the blockchain provides, ident- provides metadata, including uh, including ident- secure identities uh, and, um, and payments. And so you can think of it as sort of, uh, this is a crude word, I'd like to think we're more sophisticated than this, but we've sort of stapled, uh, you know, blockchain and BitTorrent together that bittorrent like network that like network is still there the data is not on the blockchain just a pointer to a basically fairly traditional peer-to-peer network uh
1: and so library as i say it exists in these various forms like the desktop app but also in uh uh, what was lbry.tv i'm assuming you're still doing that now you're doing odyssey.com as well (laughs) there are different ways of accessing (laughs) this can you talk about some of those differences
0: that's right. That's right. And so I don't, I don't, that's why I've continued to say oh, you just go to, go to Odyssey is I don't want to make it too complicated for people who just kind of yeah. want that. Hey, I just want YouTube without crappy policies. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's, that's just Odyssey. So you, I want to emphasize like you don't have to get into all of this stuff if you just want that better experience. Um, basically, uh, there's, there's Odyssey. Uh, well, library TV will continue to exist, but we are, we are trying to get away from library.tv as our, as our sort of web, uh, brand. Uh, the desktop app is basically equivalent to a BitTorrent client. So the desktop app lets you interact totally locally. Um, BitTorrent client or, or a Bitcoin client is kind of both in one. Um, so basically you should think of it as like Odyssey is Coinbase, right? or, uh, or YouTube. If you're the kind of person who would just use YouTube or Coinbase, Go to Odyssey. If you're the kind of person who's d- using Bitcoin locally and using Bitcoin locally and all of these things, you might want the library desktop app.
1: That's a good way of putting it. And I'm sure the technically inclined people will be more interested in the stats and how often does the blocks get added and all of that kind of stuff. People can go. Yeah, yeah. I'll include a link to the technical specifications for library. Um, maybe.
0: Yeah, so we have an entire um, domain, lbry.tech, which goes into the, uh, the tech of library. And there's a, a, a white paper we wrote, we wrote uh, well after the network was published, not these fake white papers, uh, that was uh, published to IEEE. Uh, so it's a very well-regarded and vetted technology.
1: All right. So that being said, you did raise the specter of people who aren't in, uh, who in uh, love the ease of use and the the user design of something like YouTube, but aren't in love with its content uh, policing policies. Uh, what are the what's libraries take? What are what are your restrictions, and how does that work?
0: Well, so we're our intent uh, is part of our part of our proposition is we've tied our own hands so you can trust us more. So everything we do is open source and ultimately control over your identity and channel can be, um, completely local. Okay. Uh, so on the, on the desktop apps, uh, um, we don't even have full control over what you're, uh, what you're finding and watching on any of our web properties. Uh, we are uh, of course at a minimum, uh, going to to follow the law uh, and and take down any any content that's available there. Um, with the Odyssey brand uh, specifically, we do we are looking to give creators an option of advertising via that platform, um, which may mean at some point times compromising. Right, I'm a free speech sort of idealist, and there will always be that way that's uncensored and unfiltered. But if we have to do things with the Odyssey brand to get advertisers, our intent with the Odyssey brand is to allow advertising for people who uh who want it
1: right so i mean yeah i get it because the odyssey is kind of a portal onto this underlying technology and if you want the portal the easy in yeah of course it's going to be like youtube and other things where of course you have to play certain games but if you want the actual tech itself you can access that
0: exactly and the cool part is uh like yeah, uh, this is kind of a nerdy point, but I think I get the sense that your audience is is political and might be familiar with the concept. Is like there's always these exit rights. There's this ability to leave and and get away from the system if the system starts to not serve you. So even if you start with Odyssey, you're not locked into Odyssey. You have a cryptocurrency wallet. You can download that wallet, take it out of our system entirely, right? And then and then that and then that control is so yours. other
1: people could theoretically build applications that that work with the library blockchain that have other access routes that aren't odyssey.
0: Exactly. Yes. Anyone could have, um, anyone could have done what we did with, with odyssey. So when you publish to the library blockchain, uh, you're, um, actually basically saying you're, you're promising certain things about how it's, if, if people are accessing that content in certain ways, uh, and according to the rules of how you published it, anyone can write a client that accesses it,
1: um, access it from the network. Yeah. All right. So, um, so it's important to note that if uh, if someone was posting something to Odyssey or whatever that was totally uh, – you couldn't have that on your platform, so you took it off, it would be gone from Odyssey, but it wouldn't be gone from the blockchain.
0: That's right. All Odyssey – all it, that's really happening is it's being filtered. So it's being filtered from being pulled and displayed on the web client.
1: But the underlying so data not, is not, there we, forever.
0: We, yeah, we, yeah. When we block something on odyssey we're not really deleting anything we're just not letting it be seen
1: yeah exactly all right (laughs) i think again i think the technically inclined people and the creators in the audience will probably have their uh, an understanding of this and uh people who just want to watch videos can just go to odyssey um but let's let so let's talk about the the censorship issues that arise and actually I, i got you on today specifically because i saw an interesting story developed over the past few days, and apparently has just been resolved. So, tell people a little bit about your odyssey uh, with the Google Play Store.
0: Uh, uh, so, this will be a, a breaking story because I, we haven't even put this out on Twitter that we have now been unsuspended. But our app was uh, basically blocked uh, from the App Store uh, for for several days, um, you know, sort of without without warning um, and without any any feedback along the um, entire process. And so, this is. What I think is is definitely still messed up about it, no matter what, is we have an app. It has uh, you know more than a hundred thousand um, active users, several hundred thousand downloads, and you have no problems. It has a good rating, right? Um, and uh, but what happens is they have these, they had these, well, who knows, who knows if it's Google. I mean, Google is definitely, has definitely gotten aware of how many creators are coming on to, to libraries. So who knows how they do things, whether it's like just a bureaucrat making a dumb mistake or someone being like, Hey, find find some way to mess with these guys. You don't really know. Uh, but they banned us for, you know, you, someone in the app found a video of non, non pornographic, non, no explicit nudity, no toplessness, no nothing of simulated sex in a comedy sketch, right? So it wasn't intended to be, you know, prurient. It wasn't intended to arouse people. It was intended to be a joke. They're doing a, they're trying to go for the Guinness book of world records of like longest sex act. And it's, 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 it's maybe a crude comedy, but nothing that is, you, you can, I mean, some of the stuff you can find on Netflix or on YouTube is way, way, way worse than this. Right. Um, and so they find they they send us an image. It's an image with you know no nudity, and they, they said this is what you're you're banned from the App Store for. And that comes without warning. It's just down, right? It's not there's no discussion. It's not like they for something so mild. Like even if they're saying this is now against the rules, you know you would think they'd would, they'd would give you some chance to do something about it. That wasn't like a recent video. The video is a year old. We have all these users, and then it's just it's just down. They don't even put up you know it's not even like they don't even put up a page that's like this app is under investigation, right? All your links just break. Right, and then and then of course we address it. The only way you can get these issues addressed is you start a, a social media storm about it, you know. And so um, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people saw that story, got a bunch of retweets, got a news article, got a couple a little couple of news articles, got shared on a bunch of social media sites. And then uh, you know I I come into work this morning and uh, and the page is back up. They don't tell us, right? There wasn't they didn't even send us an email that's like it's been restored. It is just they just quietly flip the switch and you're you're back in there. And it's just it's so I don't I don't know how you can run businesses like this and YouTube does the same thing with their creators. It's just drop the hammer, start a fight, maybe we fix it and and no communication and it's just wild i don't, I don't know i guess
1: it's that's wild. the arrogance that comes from being a near total monopoly and uh just thinking that you can act like that um and not and expecting that people will just take it forever absolutely ridiculous and i will throw a link into your video where you explain this because as you show it was literally just a, a screenshot from a, a a comedy sketch it was literally a comedy sketch like you'd see on comedy central or something but <laughs> ridiculous. And they try to frame that as if it's, it's pornographic content or something. Um, It does raise the question uh, through the app. Can you access pornographic content, conspiracy content that might be controversial, like anything that Google Play Store might have a problem with?
0: So there is, uh, there is no, uh, there is no pornography on Odyssey. Uh, You can access uh, adult content through some of the other clients after you're sort of strongly, uh, strongly opting in. Uh, but they didn't, there was no, they raised no issue with the ability to access pornography. And of course you can access pornography on, t- on the official Twitter app, on the official Reddit app. Uh, there's an app called Chrome in the play store, uh, it lets you access all kinds of stuff on the internet itself. Uh, and that's what we are trying to do with library, by the way, like our position with library is that library is a network, right? So in fact, that's even why it's LBRY as a short name is we fundamentally as a business, like We actually see library as competing with uh, other internet protocols. We want the LBRY protocol to be how people access videos and access digital content instead of BitTorrent and HTTP. And so, in the same way that you know you can access, you know, the BitTorrent client is not required to have content filters. Your Chrome client is not your your, sorry, your uh, HTTP client is not required to have filters. We don't believe that the library client uh, should have to have filters either.
1: Right. So, I mean, this is pretty much a case study in A, how heavy handed and, as you say, completely robotic and algorithmic apparently this censorship is. Totally arbitrary, no notifications, you don't get any contact with anyone, it just happens and you do some sort of appeal and it unhappens. Yay! (laughs) Wow, that was customer service. But also, I mean, yeah, it does sort of raise the more general warning, I mean, about permissioned, centralized places where everybody has to, uh, you know, abide by whatever arbitrary rules are set and who knows, what did I do? Can I appeal this? How do I do this? It's a ridiculous system is if only we could interact with each other directly through some sort of, you know, more, more direct decentralized method. If only people would come up with something like that.
0: yeah I mean, library is absolutely a reaction uh, to these kinds of problems, and it's part of why we're growing so fast. You know we do not have a huge marketing team. We are not doing paid advertising, and the platform uh, it, it's just a constant slope upwards, and it's because people are fed up and they're going around and they're talking about it and and it you know one of the things that's so weird about it to me is that they don't seem to consider like any kind of history. you know, like you would think that. There's a, there's a creator, um, his name's, oh gosh, Gareth, I forget his last name. He's a, he's been on YouTube for 11 years. He had 800,000 subscribers and like thousands and thousands of guitar tutorial videos. And just, and you know, this guy has probably made tens of thousands of dollars for YouTube, right? Like YouTube makes right. 50% of every advertising dollars going into YouTube's pocket. Right. And uh, obviously they deserve something, but truthfully, like moving a video from place A to place B is not 50% of the profit hard. Uh, the, you know, so they made a ton of money off this guy and they just, it's so cold the way they interact with them. You would think there'd be some flag that's like, yeah, this guy's like clearly done a good job. You know, like we should talk to him as a human. Instead of, like, just, like, checking the box that sends him the automated email and then making him fill out the form and then, like – and then just getting a, you know, binary yes or no with no context. It's it's – it's – I don't know. It's really callous. I mean, they they do feel – and the way they treat you, I think, does – it does seem that they feel like they just sort of own you and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, I've been on YouTube for uh, 13 years. 13 years. Uh, Half a million subscribers – Never talked to anyone at YouTube. Never heard anything from any of them. All I get is the occasional bot is telling me that, oh, you know, here's a copyright strike or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Can I appeal <laughs> this? With some of this uh, I can what appeal it done to the to your bot. Big- yeah. They, do, they demonetize you? if they take
0: oh, out any of your yeah, videos? Yeah, they
1: demonetized or? my channel a few months ago, but the joke's on them because I never monetized. I never monetized a single video. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. In <laughs> order to, to um, access the whatever, the thumb, custom thumbnails or whatever back in the day, you had to monetize at least one video. So I, mo- I took one from way back in my archives that no one has watched in a decade, and I monetized that one so that I would never, and I never did earn a single cent from YouTube. They never earned a cent from me. Because uh, it was never about monetizing it in that sense and getting that dirty Google money that was uh, that was never a, a a viable business strategy for me, which of course does raise the specter of well, then, what is in it for the creators on library because everybody wants to know about the monetary incentives?
0: Yeah, so our intent is always to basically to give uh, people choice. Um, so I will so actually, let me first say right now, uh, through our cryptocurrency, uh, creators are paid, so without any ads, uh, we have a fund. Uh, we still have eighty percent of it retained uh, that's basically explicitly designed to help the network grow. and so there are some subsidies from us right now. We're not crazy when anytime you see these people like, oh, I earned a thousand dollars for writing this like six word article that 10 people saw. Like those are always scams. So we're not promising like any. It's not it's nothing crazy. It's basically about what YouTube pays you or a little bit more uh, is, is what we're doing through our token. Um, and um, but long term, of course, that's not we're not. Uh, you know, if I told you that would work forever, all of your scam alarms should be going off. So we don't promise that we're going to subsidize things forever. Our intent is to continue to build out the system to one in which ultimately creators and viewers have choices. So you you say you don't want to monetize. You'd say your content is free. The content would basically be served – um, would be served for free. If there were extremely small data fees, you know, maybe the viewer has to watch one ad from time to time because bandwidth isn't literally free. But there would be no ability. Uh, you know, it wouldn't. It would be basically just the cost of moving the file, which is pretty cheap. Uh, creators may say that they. Um, creators may want to set prices for their content or have minimums that they want uh, if they. It, including up to, um, just, Hey, it's five, 10, $20 for this video. And in fact, there's content like that on library right now. Uh, there's some Hollywood movies on library. You can watch a James Franco film, um, uh, uh, for five bucks. You know, there's some movies from oscilloscope laboratories. Uh, so there's that model. Uh, and then we will also match the advertising sort of style where it's like going rate or micro priced. Uh, and in, in, that model, the user, however, will always have a choice, um, which I think is very important. You know, I think it's actually crazy to me um, you know that pe- we are so willing to watch ads when you think about how cheap an advertisement actually is how 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 little they're valuing you know your time you know you're basically talking about you know maybe a penny uh two pennies um, sometimes less than a penny uh, to watch a thirty second advertisement i mean i don't know about you, but i'd like almost always rather pay a penny or two than to watch a thirty second advertisement right. Um, uh, But people will have the choice. A lot of people would rather watch the ad. And so that's how we intend to build the system out. Uh, We have a blog post um, out about this, uh, about sort of like the next generation of monetization um, uh, that has more details for people uh, curious about this part specifically.
1: All right. Awesome. Um, I think we have covered all of the bases, at least for people who are going to dip their toe in and, and and at least check out the platform, which I, I would recommend. As people know, uh, it is one of the five uh, video sharing platforms that I'm uploading to on a regular basis now. I believe I added Library to my roster certainly within the last year or so. And I am just checking library.tv, and it seems, from what I can tell, is The Corbett Report the second largest channel on Library now? I should probably know that answer off the top of my head. I know you're
0: in the top 10 for sure. I know you're in the yeah. top 10 for sure. Yeah, well, I'm just looking uh, yeah, at the, so the top ones, me? and the
1: only one that seems bigger is the official Librarynomics channel. But uh, Is that right?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, well, congratulations. <laughs> you hey, <It hey>, really, <laughs> really moved it up. Yeah, I did see that you had crossed uh, 50,000 and sent you a little congratulatory email the other day. Which um, I should say, yes, thank
1: you for that. And that is more than I've ever received from YouTube in terms of actually someone reaching out ever. So (laughs) you've already beat that. (laughs) Uh,
0: Did you uh, do we want to give out uh, a a code or anything for your listeners?
1: Uh, I, I don't. No, I don't care. Um, I just want people to check out the platform. Obviously, the link to the library version of all my videos is always there in the show notes or right underneath the video itself. And we will obviously link up everything we're talking about, including library.tech and all of the different places that you can go to learn more about this. And of course, odyssey.com, where you can go to just experience the platform generally as a YouTube alternative, we'll put it that way, for people who are just dipping their toes into all of this. And I think... I think that pretty much covers the bases, at least for today's conversation, unless there's anything else you'd like to add.
0: No, I don't think so. That was uh, fantastic. Um, I will, I guess I will say like, if you're into this, if you dislike what's going on, come in and come in and get involved. Uh, We have a community. Everything we do is open source. You can do, or you can just like hang out in the chat room with other people who don't like this kind of stuff, Um, you know, because this is, this is a, a real battle that we still have to fight. And so if you want you know, if you if you dislike what's going on, uh, you know, we need to work together to stop
1: it. Yeah. And let me let me put it this way. Uh, when I got into this, there was uh, 13 years ago, there was an energy around YouTube because it was this up and coming platform that was being made by all of these people, just regular average people who would and maybe had no experience like myself in making videos it was a community that was coming together because of that that was the power that was that was what google bought and of course that's why they bought it out hey there everyone's flocking here let's buy let's buy it out so there was there was something happening there and i guarantee you that if that phenomenon happens again on the internet assuming the tech big tech conglomerates aren't able to completely make their monopoly 100% then That's going to happen at places like Library and some of the other alternatives that are popping up. That's where the community is happening. That's where the energy is happening. That's where the next, you know, stars are going to come from. Not from um, YouTube. You couldn't do that on YouTube anymore. If I was starting out today, I don't know if I'd even bother with a YouTube channel because it's so rigged against the average person these days. It's all about the big corporate uh, behemoths. So places like libraries where the action is it's where the cool kids are going i hope i'll see a lot more of uh, the Corbett report audience there instead of youtube my dream is actually to go down to zero youtube subscribers but to have hundreds of thousands on all the other platforms that would be awesome let's make that dream a reality and you can start today by checking this out as i say i'll put the links to all of the information uh, that we talked about today in the show notes jeremy kaufman thank you for your time thank you the Corbett Report is brought to you by you. Your support makes The Corbett Report possible. Sign up for the subscriber newsletter or purchase a DVD at corbettreport.com support.